What's going on, everybody? I am Dylan Wallace here with Murphy Wheeler. This is the IU Women's Basketball Podcast, and we have a special guest with us today, Bloomington Herald Times reporter John Blau. John, how you doing? And thanks for joining us. I'm doing good. I'm real busy, but I made time for you guys because I love you. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's a busy it's a busy time of the year. We got the Women's Big Ten Tournament coming up. But before we get into that, there was some news that came out today. Uh, Tyra Buss named to the All-Big Ten first team, Amanda Cahill All-Big Ten second team, and Jalen Penn to the All-Freshman first team. And guys, you know, we've been watching them all season long. Uh, do you agree with the teams that they made and just talk about, you know, their season that they've had so far? Yeah, I mean, I'm not too surprised that they made those teams. Obviously, Tyra Buss is a first-team All-Big Ten player. I don't know how she wasn't unanimous. We were talking before. We don't know how she was not unanimous by. It was the media that yes. she wasn't unanimous by. Media's fault. So I don't know. How, yeah, it's always the media's fault. But uh, I don't know how she didn't get that. But it was well-deserved, obviously. She had a great year. She's broken just about any IU record you can think of. Amanda Cahill, was there, like, any chance that she was going to be a first-team selection? I mean, I can tell you that I voted her first team. I mean, I did. Oh, you got a vote? Yeah, you I got a vote. vote. Oh man, I'm, we're I'm not official like that. Wow. So um, I voted for both Tyra Bus and Amanda Cahill on the first team. Uh, I could see it being a little borderline with Amanda, just because Tyra obviously takes a lot of the the spotlight right. uh, away from Amanda, and uh, so if you're if you're another media member in another part of the country, I can understand how Amanda Cahill maybe go a little under the radar. But I feel like as a beat writer who has seen her, I know the right. skills that she brings to the table. So I thought she was a first-team player. Yeah, I mean, you look at her numbers. I mean, yeah, her numbers 14. don't yeah. – 14.7 points, 8.2 rebounds. Like, someone looks at that who hasn't watched her all season and it might not jump out to her. But, you know, like you said, we've watched her all season and definitely looks like an all-Big Ten first-team player. Yeah, and she can hit three-pointers. I mean, you're not going to see a lot of players that average 8.2 points per game that can hit the three the way she can, the way she can distribute seven blocks in a game we saw right. on senior night. I mean, she can do a lot of different things. Great basketball IQ. Uh, I, I just had to, as a person who's seen her more, I felt like voter first team. But Tyra Buss, I don't know who that person right. was. Uh, I don't know if you have you watched the last uh, eight games, nine games, whoever you are. I, I don't. How know. can maybe, you not? Maybe they at the yeah. Iowa game and they're like, oh, maybe. Yeah, she struggled a little bit against Iowa, but everybody struggled against Iowa. I mean, that's just yeah. how that game went. Yeah, you're gonna have down performances, but when you're scoring 36, 37, 31. And you're leading your team back into the the conference race. I don't understand how her versus Kenesha Bell. I understand Kenesha Bell was for, uh, unanimous in the media. I don't understand how there's somebody out there who decided that Kenesha Bell is better than Tyra Bus. Right. I, I, I don't. I don't understand that. And I mean, they were on an eight game. She led them on an eight game win streak. So I mean, I, I don't know how that happened either. And now. We haven't talked about Jalen Penn on the freshman, all-freshman team. I think that's well-deserved as well. I think she's really come along strong here in the second half of this season. Uh, she's really impressed me. At times, I've said this to Dylan multiple times, at times she looks like the best player on the floor. She can whenever she's, you know, whenever she's hot uh, shooting-wise. Uh, she's a very good defender, obviously. One of the best on-ball defenders I've seen probably out of any of the teams I've seen play this year. I think she's just got a lot of potential um, she's probably got a lot more awards coming her way eventually, uh, but I thought the all freshman team was well deserved. Yeah, I mean, you've seen her score in the twenties in, in certain games, but she's really aggressive. Uh, not that she's unstoppable, but she looks like she's very hard to defend if she really right. gets going to the rim. Her shot looks great some days. Some days, uh, it's not as good. <laughs> uh, so that's just gonna be something that 
in the offseason, you expect as a, as a college player you're going to get better year to year. If she can get that shot up to a more consistent level, she could be a really impactful player in the Big Ten. Yeah. Definitely, and and you know uh, the Big Ten tournament is coming up this Thursday in Indianapolis, and you know they had won eight in a row before that game against Iowa on Saturday. And Murphy, I know you you were watching that closely. Do you think that that thirteen point loss will have an effect after being on such a high streak and then suffering that loss? Do you think that'll affect their confidence heading into the tournament? I I don't think it will. I mean they've gone through enough you know bad things this season that I don't think this one little hiccup's going to do anything to them. Uh, Iowa was just kind of a bad matchup for them. They had nobody that could guard Megan Gustafson. Uh, Kim Royster and Lindsey Marchese struggled uh, mightily uh, in that in that game, and I don't I don't know how you can stop her. Um, she's just probably she could be the national player of the year. I know mean, oh, she's going to be in discussions uh, for sure. So I think that was just kind of a bad matchup for them. Uh, Michigan State obviously they've beaten them already this season, so I mean I don't see them having any problems with confidence going in. Yeah, and you talked about Royster Marchese struggling, and Royster also on the offensive end, she didn't score any points. Yeah. And, you know, John, obviously she's had her ups and downs all season. She's had some really good stretches, some really bad stretches. Um, It looked like she was gaining her confidence back a little bit towards the end there, but, you know, then you see this game at Iowa, and just, you know, what can you say on her this season? Yeah, I mean, that's just been a theme of her whole career. I mean, freshman year, she they're in the NCAA tournament. They have 10 points, 10 rebounds. She has 10 points, 10 rebounds against Notre Dame. And that's one of the better uh, programs in the country. And sophomore year, she has great performances against Purdue, um, you know, 14 points, uh, however many rebounds, and then disappears. So as much as Tyra Buss and Amanda Cahill are important to this team, Kim Royster is really, really important to this team. And if she has a down game, that's really going to affect what you see uh, in terms of the margin of uh, victory or defeat. So if she goes, oh, what was it, 0 for 5 from the field something or something like that. Like yeah. that. I mean, if she can't hit a shot inside, uh, that makes IU very one-dimensional, as we saw. I mean, they hit a lot of three-pointers. with they, they 13 and 26 from three? Yeah. But they, what were they on their two-point field goals, like 20-something percent? It was, it was bad. Yeah. So if you if you are relying that heavily on your three-point shot, it's going to be a, a concern. And, and Kim Royster's what you got right now for the most part on the inside. Yeah. And if they don't have Royster, they just don't have a presence down low. I know Cahill can kind of do that, but that's not really her strong suit, I would say. Um, I think she likes to be kind of in the middle of the floor. I think Terry Morin likes to have her in the middle of the floor anyway just to be a good decision maker for them. So really, if they don't have Kim Royster down there, like you said, they are very one-dimensional. You'll live and die by the three. Uh, That old adage has been around forever. Um, But, yeah, Royster, I don't know. They need her to wake up a little bit, I think, because here lately she just hasn't looked the same. And I know, I mean, you've seen her play a bunch in the past. I mean, she has improved a ton this year, has she not? Oh, yeah, in terms of efficiency on the offensive end, when she looks good, uh, the fact that she can finish pretty with, with some strength, I mean, right. under the basket against a lot of uh, different players that are, are not bad players, uh, that's definitely an improvement from what we saw in previous years. Previous years, she'd get kind of lost in the mix. Obviously, there's Jen Anderson, who was the starting center last year. She took most of the minutes, and as Terry Bourne has said, Kim Royster has had foul trouble from time to time. And that would just keep her on the bench and – we're going to go back to Jen Anderson, yeah. who was a great defensive player and, and much more stout. I mean, much more built as a five than even Royster is. So, sometimes you look at Royster and say maybe she's a four, really. Right. I mean, if, if she was honestly playing uh, the, the appropriate position, it might be four. But so she has her she has her ups and downs, and she's definitely gotten a lot better. But in terms of being 
you know, one, a core player that you can count on from week in, week out, it's not quite there yet. And I know, like, obviously, you know, you said Anderson, if Royce has struggled, they can put it in the game. And in this case, this season, it's Marchese, who's also kind of struggled on the defensive bench. He's not as quick as Royster. But, you know, has it, have you guys ever thought about possibly when, you know, a player like Gustafsson is just torching IU on the inside, if they should think about maybe putting Cahill on him? I mean, I know Cahill's not as strong as maybe Royster, but she's definitely that smart player that might be able to do some damage. I don't know if Cahill's the answer per se, just because I know, I mean, for one, they don't want to get her in foul trouble. In any situation whatsoever, they do not want her in foul trouble. If anything, with a player like Gustafsson, you just got to double down. I think that's what their best option is, and I know – Gustafson, you know, I think it was like the first five or six minutes of that game, she didn't even take a dribble or something like that. I think that's what I heard the announcers on the Big Ten say. And, uh, like, she, I don't know how they stop a player like that without doubling down. You know what I mean? I just don't see um, how they can do that. I don't think – I mean, Cahill could do that. I think she could double down. Or if she's going to guard her one-on-one, someone else can come down. But, like, I don't know if she's te- technically the answer. I don't know. Yeah. I would yeah. concur. Yeah, and the problem with Iowa was they they would go a high low a lot of the passes right, and it's the hard. The key, so right? It was difficult for Kale to double down on that game. But all right, guys, let's get into the Big Ten tournaments. Uh, like I said, it's Thursday at Indianapolis. Uh, IU will play. They got the seven seed. They will play Michigan State, who's the ten seed. And uh, well, we've seen them play Michigan State twice. Michigan State came to Bloomington and blew the Hoosiers off their home home court. But then IU went to Michigan State, and he's Lansing, and, I mean, they came out firing. I mean, they only pulled out the victory about about two or three points. But uh, the, oh, e- yeah. either way, season series is split, and they will meet again. Uh, very big matchup. Uh, what are the Hoosiers going to have to do to pull out this victory? Well, I mean, last time when they played them at Michigan State, I mean, like you said, the first half, they were shooting an unbelievable percentage from the outside. It was absolutely unbelievable. I can't remember exactly what the percentage was, but they couldn't hardly miss a shot in the first quarter. I think they started out the game like 7 for 7 from the three-point yeah, line. Yeah, something, something crazy like that. They might have been like 9 of 10 at halftime or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Well, Bozeman wasn't bust like 5 of 5. Right. Or something yeah, like that. They were unconscious. I don't think yeah. she missed a field goal until the third quarter. Really? To be honest. And the, you know, and the thing is, that Michigan State game was kind of what set off that big, you know, eight-game win streak yeah, for IU. And I think that was a big momentum swing for them, and I think that bodes well for them in this game. Uh, Michigan State, on the other hand, tech isn't really that hot. They're coming off a win though against Purdue. Is well, that yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would say I would amend your point there. That, yeah. That they have won three out of their last four games. Right. But and, uh, and that's because Shay Coley, who's one of their leading scorers, did not play against IU. Right. And she was back against Purdue, and she had 21 points. So this game's interesting because both teams are very different. I would say than even. Uh, in the first matchup or even the second. Was Coley out? Because after IU beat them in East Lansing, they dropped five more after that. Was Coley yes. out that entire stretch? She was out for most of it, I think. Okay. Yeah, I'm she's sure. only played like around 10 games this season, hasn't she? We have the stats. You guys printed them out for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she missed four games. So Wait, out of – no, this isn't right. Dylan, this isn't right. Well, I don't know. It says 18 games started, 22 games played. So okay. she's missed probably in total then seven. Yeah, seven there's 29 games. games. So, yeah, she's missed a, a chunk of time. And uh, I thought at first it was just the conference stats. You, you did you did okay. Uh, but, <laughs> right, uh, that's better. yeah, uh, yeah, they're di- they're different without Shea Coley. And if you yeah. get Shea Coley back, that's another person that can score for them. They're, they're going to make their money on the defensive end. 
for yeah. the most part if they're playing their best like they did when they came to IU in the opener but it's a different IU team oh absolutely than what we saw in that opener yeah. I mean obviously Ben Duyaney and Jalen Penn the way they've come uh and developed the way that Buss is playing or has been playing for the most part until the Iowa game uh that's what makes it so interesting I think it's just it's two very different teams than I think we even saw in the first two matchups Right, and you talk about how Penn and Yaney have come along so much, especially as ball handlers, because that was something that really killed them at the beginning of the season. I mean, turnovers were a huge problem, and they really haven't been this, you know, this past stretch. I haven't, I haven't thought so at least. So I think that is a big thing as well, because I think in that Michigan State game, for one, IU couldn't hit a shot, and two, they did turn the ball over a lot, and they've they've done a good job of getting better at both of those things throughout the season. So I think IU still has momentum, even though they're coming off that loss. Um, but I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be close, much like it was last time they met. And I know, John, you've, you've been to other Big Ten tournaments for IU, uh, and they were in Indy, right? Yes. I mean, is there any <laughs> do you, is there any uh, home court, so to say, for IU in this tournament? No. Uh, <laughs> they have they, actually that's, – that's another point that you guys haven't really got to yet is that they've lost their last two Big Ten tournament games in the first round. Yeah. They've gotten the double bye the last two years come out flat both times and lost. Uh, they lost to Purdue last year, right? Last year they yeah. lost to Purdue two years ago as Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And that made the NCAA tournament bit a little more anxious because we were all thinking they were a lock. And then they come out and they kind of fall flat against Northwestern. Against Purdue, they had a, a giant lead in, in the second half. Purdue comes back, just bang, 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 and, and just gut punch. Yeah. That's probably maybe one of the main reasons they don't make the NCAA tournament last year is that they had that loss in the first round. So, Honestly, the best thing about this might be that they they don't have a double buy. I know they had an outside chance of getting it if a bunch of teams lost. Yeah. If I'm them, I'm actually happy it didn't happen because you have more games you can play A and B haven't fared well with that double buy anyway. So. Right, and I think their draw, I think they got a really good draw. I think they ended up on the right side of the bracket they that they wanted to be because some other teams on that other side like Ohio State Iowa, they just didn't match up very well. We've already talked about Iowa. Ohio State, obviously, just athleticism-wise, they're just a little bit head and shoulders above just about everybody in the conference. Um, And obviously, IU's lost them both times this year by 15 each time, I believe. So, I mean, yeah, I think they ended up on the right side of the bracket that they want to be because I think they could beat any of those teams, including Maryland, who's the two seed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, if they beat Michigan State, they will play Maryland in the two seed. And, I mean, IU went to Maryland uh, earlier this year and almost beat them. They lost by five points, I think. Um, but it just came down to a few plays down the stretch. Now, and a problem for the Hoosiers is obviously their depth all year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they have most of their starters are averaging 30-plus minutes. Sometimes Marchese comes in off the bench and gives them some good minutes. But in a in a tournament like this where you if you win, you play the next day, I mean, do you think that that depth is – do you think that can hurt IU – or do you think that they're at this point in the season, you know, they're already used to it and it won't affect them? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I guess because we really don't know. I mean, we saw those right. tournament games over the holidays where you know it didn't really go well for them over down in West Palm Beach. And again, and, a different team at that point. Yeah, obviously. Then, yeah, then again, a very different team. And I wouldn't, you know, this is kind of an intangible thing, so I don't know if this is really true, but at least those two seniors are the ones that are taking the bulk of those minutes. And Terry Warren talks about how, you know, the window's closing, you're going to give everything you got. If I would entrust any two players to play a lot of minutes and to not break down because of it, I would think it would be maybe Tyra Buss and Amanda Cahill. So um, 
Terry Moran also said, not, not a lot of teams in the Big Ten, if you really look at it, do have a ton of depth. Right. So it's not like I use in this boat alone. Uh, there's plenty of teams that are really only playing seven, eight players. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question you asked, Dylan. I mean, we, I guess we don't know until we see. Right. That's and, why sports are interesting. Right. And, you know, Michigan State actually is one of those few teams that does have quite a bit of depth. They play about 10 players on that roster at least they did earlier in the season I don't know how their roster looks right now I know they've maybe battled some injuries or whatnot um, but that may be something that goes against IU here in the first round but I tell you what no matter how many games they play no matter who they play those players off the bench have to step up and give them really good minutes I mean that's something they've had to worry about every you know every game this year but they need Marchese to do well defensively especially down low and against Iowa she didn't do that um, Kiana Warthen gave them some good minutes against Iowa. They need her to kind of keep doing that, give them a little bit of a scoring punch off the bench. I don't know where her confidence level has been all year. It's been up and down, I think. Um, and then I've, I've said this multiple times. I think I say it every podcast. Every podcast you talk about. And I want to hear John's opinion on it. <laughs> yeah. Does Bree Wickware deserve more minutes? I think she does. I think she can be valuable in terms of a defensive asset. Absolutely. She's absolutely got length if she can guard threes. Uh, she can obviously put a be a little bit of a defensive presence in terms right. of getting a hand in the face, and and she does rebound well even despite her size. Right. Uh, offensively, she's going to be a little bit of a hole on the floor, so that is the one thing that I think you have to consider when you decide are you going to play her long stretches? I don't know because the defenses adjust to you and that they're going to give her open shots and they're going to clamp right. down in other in other places. So. I understand why sometimes her run is kind of limited. Then again, I mean, we've seen, what was it, North Texas where she came in? Right. And had kind a little run. Uh, we know yeah. she's capable of playing better. Right. It's just I haven't seen enough to prove to me that it's wrong that she hasn't played long stretches right. of time. That's true. And I think Marchese is a similar situation on offense, but she's just so much of a presence defensively down low that she is going to get more minutes. And I think that's kind of been the mindset behind that decision. But, you know, I don't know. It, it kind of just mean, depends on what team you play. Because they're not going to bring Wicker in for Jalen or Bendu. Right. She's in a weird, yeah, she's in a weird position right there where she's not really a guard. She's not really a post. I, I don't know. Yeah, she's a tweener player. Right. Which is really tough. And that's what's going to make it interesting with somebody like Brenna Wise next year. Yeah. And some other, you know, players that they have that are kind of, tweeners is where exactly do you play them right um, but Brenna Wise seems to be way more of an offensively advanced yeah. player yeah. so uh, that's that's Wickware's issue is her offensive game is kind of limited definitely all right well let's jump into if IU does beat Michigan State uh, as we mentioned they'll play the number two seed Maryland who was 12 and 4 in the conference and you know in that stretch that January to February stretch where IU uh, started their win streak Maryland was actually the hottest team they had seven in a row but then they lost three in a row before just beating Nebraska yesterday. Um, so, you know, it, it's a it's a matchup that IU, I think, feels confident in because they only lost by four at Maryland. But uh, Maryland's still a dangerous team. They, you know, they, they like to press. They like to play fast. Um, so, you know, what will that matchup prove advantages and disadvantages for IU? I think just that it's Maryland. I mean, Maryland is one of the top-tier teams in the Big Ten. Uh, you're playing Ohio State. You're playing Maryland. Those are tough games. That they're they're used to the postseason. They're used to being in the NCAA tournament. Uh, it's not going to affect them. This is not the best Maryland team we've seen in a long time. 
they don't have Tory Walker Kimbrough like they did last year. They don't have Brianna Jones. They don't have a lot of what you call maybe WNBA players, which is what they usually have. But uh, I just think there's a little bit of an advantage uh, being a Maryland in the Big Ten tournament. So, you know, I'm not optimistic, I guess, playing a, a team like that regardless. I mean, I, I think they're more vulnerable than they are in, in previous years we saw in the regular season. But it's going to be hard once you get to that, that next round. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously talented. They have a little bit of everything that they can throw at teams. Kayla Charles is a good player. Kristen Confroy is a very good three-point shooter for them. Is she the le- is she the Big Ten leader in three-point percentage i believe she is she's one of, yeah she's one of the best three-point shooters in the conference she's only score around nine points a game right she, she doesn't like she doesn't light it up but kayla charles is really talented i mean yeah. average about like 18 and 8 or something like that yeah um stephanie jones is brianna jones's uh, sister she's a, she's a pretty good player too um they've, they've got players it's just uh it's not it's not the best Maryland team I've ever seen, but I still just maybe it's just in my mind. It's just like okay, you're Maryland. You know, right. it's like if you're Duke or right. you're you know that they're that in women's basketball. Yeah, and you know I think it doesn't really with it comes to matchups in this Big Ten tournament. I don't know if it's that big of a deal just because, like I said, IU could beat any of these teams. They've showed that they can, or at least play with them for most of the game. So I think no matter who they draw, no matter who they end up playing. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be kind of up in the air. As long as IU comes out and does the things they do well, um, which is hit shots from the outside um, and have Tyra Buss and Amanda Cahill play well, obviously, and play play well defensively. Their, their defense has looked really good in this win streak that they had. So I think if they keep that up, uh, defense wins games, obviously. So, I mean, if you keep that up, you can beat anybody. Yeah, their defense definitely improved during that oh, win yeah. streak. I mean, and I mean, John, do you think the last two years, those uh, quick exits from the Big Ten tournament, do you think that'll play in a mental factor at all? I mean, obviously, it's really only Tyron and Amanda that have kind of gone through it. The most of the team is young, which could also be a factor. I mean, do you think that combined could possibly be an issue to start the Big Ten tournament? Obviously, I'm not a psychologist, so I can't get in their mind. <laughs> I haven't sat down with them and figured it out, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> You know, obviously they would tell you no. I mean, they would tell you that that these are pretty confident players. They, you know, they've had this experience. They're confident in what, what they can do, and they're not going to let, you know, a couple of losses change what they're going to do. But, I mean, if it was me, I would be a little scared. But that's just <laughs> me, and I'm obviously not talented. We've seen you guys shoot the ball against me oh, the entire bus. Wow. We know it's kind of similar maybe. but uh, you He know. got that jab in there. Uh, yeah, I think he, he was had, waiting on that he, one. I was waiting. waiting. That was in the bank. But, uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say it would be hard to say definitely for sure not a factor. At the same time, I have no clinical diagnosis so I that mean, I can say for sure. You know, have you ever thought about being a psychologist? Or something I think it would be a really interesting profession. I actually had a question with Tyra Buss last year. Um, I asked her about left-handed layups and why she always ends with left-handed layups. And these superstitions and things that she has, mm-hmm. bubble gum that she always needs Liz Honiger to put the bubble gum yeah, in her mouth. I've noticed that. And she was walking out. She's like, "These questions are so psychological. Like, what? <laughs> what are you doing?" And it's like, "I just want to understand you guys." And they don't, I don't <laughs> think they always understand. But I mean, I think I then they got creeped out by that statement, and then <laughs> they moved on. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, no. I mean, what do you think, Dylan? I mean. I mean, I, I from watching the team this year, I feel like having leaders like Tyra and Amanda, even though those losses last year, I mean, I just think that they're really great leaders. I mean, you look at what they've done with this team 
and the fact that they've brought them back from that slow start and have a chance to possibly get into the NCAA tournament, I just think it shows you know you know their true colors and how good of leaders they are, how good of players they are. Um, and I don't think they want to go out early in this Big Ten tournament. So I, I mean, I didn't watch them the past few years, uh, but I I don't think it sh- I don't I feel like it shouldn't be an issue uh, this time around. You would think, yeah. Just like you said, you got to give them all the credit in the world for turning this ship around. There's lots of teams, people with different personalities that would just have given up, or they would uh, it would have become a toxic environment really fast. You can tell it hasn't really become that. Uh, they don't seem like a team that's you know down on themselves or anything like that. They've always they've been saying the right things. So yeah. and uh, you, you also got to give uh, Coach Morn and our coaching staff credit as well. You know, losing. Uh, Dean's amount of players and just bringing in a bunch of young ones and still maintaining this kind of positive attitude throughout the entire season and putting themselves back in its position. Yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine losing game after game after game and the way they were losing those games. You talk about the Michigan game they were in it, the Maryland game they were in it. Um, that's got to be disheartening uh, for a lot of people. I mean, I know if I make mistakes in the paper and I do it many, many days in a row, well, I don't do it many days in a row, but you know, <laughs> once a month or something, I start to get a little down on myself. It's hard to show up to work and you know continue to do the job. So you got to give them credit, yeah, for being able to, to do the work they've done to be able to get this team into contention for the conversation for the NCAA tournament is, is right. pretty impressive. And, you know, with that, uh, what will they have to do in the Big Ten tournament to get into the NCAA tournament? I mean, will they have to win it, or is there any other? are there any other options that could put them in? I think if you beat Maryland, it's it's definitely – I think you're definitely in the conversation. Yeah. I, I don't know how the committee is going to work in terms of how, they're, how strong they're going to think the Big Ten is. There's almost too much parity in terms of whether they think that there's enough really good teams to take – and put in the field. I don't know, but I think if you beat Maryland, to me, that's that's a pretty big win. And when you pair it with the other big wins they had during the eight-game winning streak, I would think you should be in the conversation. Yeah, and any of the signature wins that they have are against teams like Nebraska, Minnesota, somebody like that. And it's kind of weird when you look at the Big Ten, at least according to some reports, like half the Big Ten's kind of on the bubble for the tournament right now. So I don't even know if you would maybe even consider those signature wins. So maybe they're still looking for that signature win, and Maryland would definitely be it. Um, But, you know, they beat Maryland, then they're definitely in the conversation. If they win another game after that, I think you probably have to consider them an NCAA tournament team because they're going to have to beat somebody like Nebraska for a second time or a Michigan team that's been ranked at certain times this season. Yeah, if you get to a Big Ten championship game. You should, yeah. I would think you would, and obviously if you win the whole thing, you're in. You're in. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to discuss it. And do you think if – uh, they get out first round against Michigan State. Do you, will they make the NIT? I know they they they'll NIT, make the NIT. I think with the with the eight game win streak and the way they've been playing down the stretch, even if they end up losing two games in a row, you're over 500. I think you're definitely one of those WNIT teams. I can't see how a WNIT would not take them. Um, but yeah, the NCAA tournament's definitely out. Yeah, if you if you lose this yeah. first round game, it's for sure yeah. done. And they obviously made a. They went to the. The Elite Eight. I mean, they don't call it that because of you know copyright terms in the NIT last year. But right. they made it to the final eight that last year, correct? Yes. I mean, so. how far do you think they could make it in this year if they? I mean, the way they're playing now, um, I think uh, obviously the final eight, like you're saying, is definitely for sure. 
I think that's definitely a possibility. Again, we can't understate though how good that team was last year. Yeah. I don't want right. to. I don't, don't want to. You know, undersell how good they were. I mean, Alexis Gassian was a primo defender. Yeah. Uh, Jen Anderson was a great presence underneath. You had Carly McBride who hit threes. There were a ton of really important players that aren't on this team anymore. And to say that Jalen Penn and Ben DeJani are going to be just as good and Tyron Cahill a year older just is just as good would be hard to say. But then again, the way they've been playing down the stretch, um, I could see final eight. I could see further than that. I mean, it's they, they, they would definitely be a contender. It's kind of it's kind of crazy to think how much how good that team was last year, and then this year's team is kind of in the same exact situation tournament wise. And that coming, I mean, yeah, they, yeah, last they, year's they, team was closer to making yeah, it. They had, obviously, they had, had twenty one wins. Right. I mean that they were they were the number four seed in the Big Ten. Just again, those uh, things just kind of fell apart. Yeah, yeah, those first round losses really have killed them uh, the last couple of years. Still made it two years ago, but uh, the first round loss and. You know, there was a really bad loss to Auburn last year, too. Even right. they had one this year. Two <laughs> yeah. years ago, Auburn was a problem, too. So uh, they've had some down losses, but I would say definitely had better years uh, two years ago and a year ago. All right. Well, I mean, obviously, NIT is not on any of their minds. They want to try to get into that tournament. And I think we have the general contestants that if they beat Michigan State, then Maryland, uh, the team, will at least be uh, very hard not to put into the tournament. They'll at least be in the conversation. I think that's everything we got for you guys today. John, thanks for taking the time. I know you got a busy schedule these last few weeks, but thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Appreciate and uh, you guys should definitely go check out his work at the Bloomington Herald Times. He does a lot on high school basketball, women or boys and girls, sectional plays coming up, and then also women's basketball. All three of us will be in Indianapolis for the tournament, so you guys can follow us for updates. And uh, for John Blau and Murphy Wheeler, I'm Dylan Wallace, and thank you guys for listening.